Hi, Risto Martinen here. Uh, episode 5 is with Dr. Kevin Richards. He's an assistant professor at the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, and is truly one of the great young scholars in our field. Uh, in his early career, he's focused a lot on teacher socialization and does a great job outlining that theory in a side-by-side podcast released with this article breakdown. And I think one of the most interesting pieces here is that, as he states, teacher socialization theory really emerged from the field of physical education, which is relatively rare as we tend to borrow from other fields and use it in physical education, not the other way around. So Dr. Richards is also a co-host of our podcast, and we will eventually have him on this side of the mic. But for now, uh, here he is breaking down the article. We're here with Dr. Kevin Richards from the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. We'll be discussing his 2018 article titled Physical Education Teachers' Perceptions of Perceived Mattering and Marginalization. This was published in Physical Education and Sport Pedagogy. Um, Thank you so much for joining us to talk about your article. Uh, Thank you so much, Risto. I'm I'm happy to be here and appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, this article that has really ended up... um, you know, being kind of the culmination of uh, a series of studies that I've done with a couple of my colleagues uh, and has really been a, a passion of mine over the last several years looking at teachers uh, marginalization and perceived mattering. In this particular study I, I also want to um, acknowledge my co-authors uh, Karen Lux Gaudreau, uh, Jenna Stark, uh, and uh, Amelia Mays Woods um, and they've been collaborators with me for several years and have worked on several of the projects that have also led up to this study. Great. So can you start off and just give us a brief definition of the two terms you talk about in this paper, perceived mattering and marginalization and what that looks like in PE? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with marginalization because I think that that's a helpful reference point. Um, So marginalization is basically uh, feeling as if um, you are not important or, or that physical education is not important so uh, to the overall mission of schooling and this kind of has its roots in um, a, a mental physical labor divide that we see in schools or blue collar white collar uh, labor divide where um, uh, sub school subjects that are traditionally associated with more um, cognitive uh, or quote-unquote academic work are, are given higher status in schools and those are things like um, uh, math and English or language arts and science uh, traditionally within the United States uh, in those um, subjects are, are not only given more informal status but if you look at policy in the United States especially leading up through uh, no child left behind uh, they were given um, a formal status where schools uh, were only able to use monies to support subjects that were part of what were called at that point the academic core. Uh, and so uh, if you have things like those that are central, other things that are not included in that group are more perif- peripheral or marginal, and that's like physical education. And, and that has repercussions for teachers, both in terms of the subject, in ter- uh, not receiving enough support, financial or otherwise, large class sizes, um, uh, uh, limited resources, all, all those kinds of things. Um, and then perceived mattering is kind of the inverse of that. So if you put perceived mattering and marginalization on a spectrum, they'd be kind of 
opposite ends of the continuum. Uh, and so perceived mattering is more of this belief that I am important, that what I teach is important, other people recognize my importance. Um, and in physical education, at least, uh, my colleagues and I have differentiated between perceived mattering of the teacher and perceived mattering of the subject. And that's because we've seen that teachers could perceive that they matter. So I matter to people around me, perhaps because um, you know I'm really good at classroom management, or uh, people like me in the school, um, or, I'm, or I also coach extracurricular sport, and they value me for that. Uh, but they still don't value uh, the discipline of physical education. So I, as a teacher, matter, but the discipline of physical education may not. Great. So. Can you give a little bit of a background of the research preceding this article? And we'd like to also uh, note that there is a supplemental podcast on the teacher socialization theory that you uh, that you did and will launch at the same time. But just overall, kind of give us an overview of what we know about marginalization and PE and how research like you have started to look at how teachers derive meaning from their work. Yeah, absolutely. So perceived mattering is actually a construct that we borrowed from uh, the school counseling literature. Uh, and uh, and I really got to give credit to my colleague, uh, Karen Lux-Gaudreau. This was really her, her bag. She, um, she came to me one day and uh, we just started talking and she said, hey, you know, I found this literature on perceived mattering. Um, have you looked at that? Do you want to maybe study it? And what really draw, drew us to it was that um, marginalization is kind of this negative construct. So it's like stress or burnout in that sense. So it's a bad thing. We don't want people to be marginalized. But there's this movement in um, psychology and sociology to look more toward positive psychological variables. Um, so things like perceived mattering or resilience where we're looking to see how we can build or foster these good things rather than only trying to limit or get rid of these bad things. Uh, and, and so um, Karen and I uh, got together along with uh, uh, Amy, uh, Amy Woods um, and uh, developed an instrument to measure uh, physical education teachers' perceived mattering, borrowing from an instrument that had been previously published, and that was a, a psychometrics, psychometric quantitatively driven instrument where we had a series of items that measured um, teacher matters and PE matters. Um, and then we launched a large-scale survey where we, I think, had uh, several hundred respondents um, who gave us answers to questions about perceived mattering and marginalization as well as other uh, social psychological constructs. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, we analyze that data, but, but you know, uh, my work over the years has been very much mixed methods and, and my colleagues uh, are open to mixed methods as well. And so we kind of got this one picture of, of how PE teachers deal with perceived mattering and marginalization through the survey and the quantitative analyses that followed, but we wanted to actually talk to people and learn about their experiences and see how this plays out in practice. Uh, and so um, that's what kind of led us to this study. So the participants um, in this paper were uh, um, 30 PE teachers who had previously participated in uh, a larger uh, scale survey study uh, that preceded this. So we had several hundred um, emailed out to uh, select uh, 30 uh, and then did um, in-depth uh, interviews with them. So in your results section after those interviews you list three main themes. Can you take us through those? Yeah, uh, in, in doing these interviews and, and looking at the data 
we wanted to understand teachers' perceived mattering and marginalization, but we also wanted to account for how um, perceived mattering has been differentiated between teacher matters and, and physical education matters. So you'll notice that that comes up in our themes as well. Uh, and so the first theme is really, re really related to how, how uh, the perceived mattering of physical education as a discipline can be enhanced. Um, and so what we see is that key stakeholders uh, supporting and valuing physical education is one of the primary ways that the discipline's relevance can be enhanced. And so this really goes back to the point, and you'll hear me talk about this again later, people matter. Relationships matter. Teaching is a very relational form of work. We're interacting with children in classrooms pretty much all day or, or in gymnasiums in the, in the case of physical education. And then we're interacting with colleagues and administrators who all frame our workplace experiences. And so when teachers feel as if um, the discipline of physical education is valued and supported, they perceive that it matters more. So that was kind of the first part of that theme. The second part related to how teachers could play a more active role in enhancing the perceived mattering of physical education through advocacy. Um, and, and so in the supplemental pro podcast that Risto uh, referenced before, you, you heard me uh, talk about um, uh, advocacy as well. And so this is just the idea that we can play an active role as physical educators to enhance the viability or visibility of our discipline. Um, and when that happens, uh, the teachers feel as if PE mattered more, and that makes more sense if you if it makes sense if you advocate to people and you show them the relevance and importance of what you're doing, uh, they start to think that it matters more, and then that uh, kind of builds us up a little bit as teachers. So, um, the the second uh, theme um, related to how uh, mattering can be challenged through experiences of marginalization. Uh, and so this goes back to that, I, you know, that, that point before about how marginalization and perceived mattering are kind of on two ends of a spectrum. So, um, but what was really interesting in this study was that teachers felt both instances of marginalization and perceived mattering within the same school setting and from the same people at times. So it's not an all or nothing experience. You get kind of flashes of mattering and flashes of, um, of marginalization, uh, and sometimes the teachers in, in this study felt as if PE, for example, was a dispensable commodity. It was something that you know other teachers and school administrators essentially took the stance: well, if we have the time and space to do this, great. But it's going to be the first thing that get cuts that gets cut if we if we uh, need to put more effort, time, or money somewhere else. Um, it, it's going to get taken you know, gym space is going to get taken away if uh, if we have an assembly or a, or a band performance or something else going on that you know is a special school event that special event is going to take precedence over the discipline of physical education at least for that day um, so that kind of beat PE teachers down a little bit um, on the one hand they did feel uh, important but on the other hand they keep getting these messages from their colleagues and administrators that they're not um, some were also kind of implicitly or explicitly told that PE is nothing more than a service to others. Uh, in elementary school environments, the, the kind of implication there is that PE is a break in the day so that classroom teachers can get a rest and have their planning time. So they take their students to the gym, drop them off, um, and then come pick them up at the end of the period. And during that time, they get kind of a break. Um, and that's important, but it's only important in the sense that it is giving somebody else a break. So it's serving others. The other way that PE was viewed as a service to others um, was in instances where uh, 
schools or administrators or other teachers recognized that that there uh, is emerging evidence that suggests that physical education or physical activity in a broader sense can lead to increased academic performance in the classroom. And so in these instances, teachers um, or administrators might be saying, yeah, we need physical education because it helps our students do better on these tests. So in that case, PE is not important for its own sense and its own right. It's important because it helps with this other thing. Um, the third theme is where we kind of get the, the mattering of the, of the person or the teacher coming in, uh, as well as um, how uh, the person can kind of feel marginalized and, and pressured to conform. Um, and that's uh, teachers matter to those around them but are challenged by custodial colleagues. So the first part of that relates to how teachers feel as if they matter more when their teaching practices are validated. When they're told that they're doing a good job or they receive an award for their teaching, that validates them, that makes them feel better. Um, they also feel as if they're making a difference working with kids. And in a lot of the research that I've done and that other people have done, children or students are a huge difference maker. That's why we do what we do. Uh, we, we stay in the field for as long as we do working with working under sometimes difficult conditions because the children make it worthwhile. And that came through in this study. Teachers felt as they mattered because the children told them they mattered. Uh, and then finally, the, the last part of this theme related to how um, working with custodial colleagues sometimes led to pressure to conform. Again, referring back to that supplemental podcast that Risto uh, mentioned, I talked about how uh, in-school environments sometimes uh, teachers who have more power uh, because they've been around longer, they have greater seniority, can kind of direct the structure and, and pressure other teachers to kind of do what they what they want them to do. And that came through here. Uh, we had a couple of teachers talk about how they came into their school environments with innovative ideas, but um, felt like they had to kind of do what the other teachers around them were doing because they were kind of implicitly or explicitly told that they had to. Uh, and that has real implications for the development and perpetuation of best practices. If we have teachers who are graduating from our teacher education programs who are well-trained, but then they go to schools and are told that they can't teach how they were taught to teach, there's a disconnect there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the project that you did provides a great insight into the in-service teacher and how they deal with and sometimes successfully fight against being marginalized teacher and a marginalized subject. Um, do you have any ways to highlight how they did that and what others could do to kind of kind of change the change the narrative here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I think it starts with teacher education. Uh, while this study in particular looked at um, in-service teachers, uh, we, we've done some other research looking at um, pre-service teachers, and I really believe uh, and my colleagues do as well, that um, you know, schools are socio-political um, environments. Uh, and as socio-political environments, uh, there are pressures that come from colleagues as teachers have to kind of navigate, navigate what they believe physical education should be about versus what you know, their colleagues and administrators think it should be about. Um, it's especially hard if you've got a, a new teacher coming into an environment where um, PE has really just kind of been a sport model or roll out the ball uh, up until that point. Um, and then coming in and trying to change that culture when everybody else has different expectations can be hard. So, you know, uh, we think that it's best to start during teacher education and to, to talk to students and give them opportunities to practice kind of navigating these politics during field experiences. 
um, we, you know, we really uh, look toward both um, opportunities to get out into the field and work with people and then kind of more kind of safer on campus environment, uh, more on campus opportunities uh, through things like case studies where you can learn about a teacher who's experiencing marginalization and then talk through strategies uh, on how you can um, uh, how they how they might be able to improve their situation and then really dissect the situation and talk about the political ramifications so if you stand up and say no that's not what this is about we can't have that here but you're working with somebody who who's kind of been around the school for 30 years and kind of rules the roost that's going to be challenging um, so how can you kind of get through that so it really begins with teacher education and preparation but once teachers are in schools uh, we've seen that relationships again are critical building relationships with other people. Um, so going out of your way to you know, become friendly with your principal, to become friendly with your colleagues, to show, and then that opens doors because if, if they like you as a person and they see the value of having you at the school, then that opens the doors to be able to talk about, well, let me tell you what I did in PE today. Let me tell you about all the great things that we're doing. Um, you know, the, the, this is how we're helping students learn the importance of lifelong movement. Oh, and by the way, on top of all the great things that physical education does for its own sake, it can also help with these other things. Like we can do cross-curricular integration and and build math and reading into our lessons. Um, so uh, you know, I, I think that relationships are the first part. Second part uh, that kind of builds off of that is is advocacy, and, and that could be you know a, a advocacy. I think we we laid out a few years ago kind of a four-tiered process to being a good advocate. The first relates to just understanding what quality practices and that's what you should get through your physical education teacher ed program. The second part is doing that. So implementing quality practices. The third is is illustrating and telling others what you're doing and why it's a quality practice before there's a problem. Um, then uh, in some cases physical education might be threatened with reductions or cuts. Uh, then standing up in those particular situations and, and reinforcing the importance of PE. But this kind of four-phased four approach is more proactive in the sense that uh, it, it puts the onus on teachers to, to say what they're doing and, and um, demonstrate the quality of their programs before there are threats or problems rather than only after. All right, so can you kind of summarize this in a couple key points for us? Yeah, so um, I think I'll just leave everybody with with kind of two takeaways, two kind of big picture discussion points from this from this study. The the first is that, um, uh, and, and I alluded to this before, but perceived mattering and marginalization are not an all or nothing situation. Teachers feel a combination of perceived mattering and marginalization in their schools, sometimes from the same people within the same day. You might have a, a teacher who validates what you're doing in one moment, and then five minutes later um, says something that, that leads you to feel marginalized. And so what we're kind of hypothesizing is that it's the totality of those experiences, those little micro experiences of marginalization or perceived mattering, that lead people to kind of place themselves on that continuum overall as I feel as if I matter more or as if I feel more marginalized. The second finding, and I didn't allude to this, but, it, but it's something that really troubled my, my colleagues and I, was that we saw evidence of, of teachers beginning to um, accept their marginalized status. So this occurs when you have a teacher who essentially says, I'm only here to give the kids a break in the day. I'm only here 
because academic enrichment is important and I can help with that. Um, I'm only here so kids can run around and get their energy out. So it's kind of accepting that fact that I'm not as important as other people. And first of all, that, that can't feel good as a teacher to come to that place. And second of all, it has ramifications for the discipline in a larger sense because um, if you've kind of accepted the fact that you're just there as an exercise break for kids, then then you're probably not as passionate about what you're doing and you're probably not using as high of quality practices. So yeah, physical education does these other things like gives kids um, a break to get up and move. It can help with academic enrichment through integration. But it's also important in and of its own right for, for the development of, uh, of lifelong habits that promote health. All right, so thank you so much for your time. I think it's a really fascinating peek into the minds of physical educators, and I have a feeling that many PE teachers have felt some, if not all, of these uh, feelings in their practice, and hopefully we can continue to build community to support teachers and to also make some changes at the teacher education level at universities to prepare our future educators to combat these potentially marginalized experiences and start to really redefine it. And so for those of you who want to read the full article by Dr. Richards and his co-authors, uh, you can check out the full citation in the comments sections below. Uh, thanks again, Dr. Richards, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. All right. So that's all we have for you on this one. Uh, thanks for listening.